0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go.
1: Hi everyone, this is Steve and welcome to today's edition of our Through the Noise podcast. Last week we launched our H2 Outlook outlining our views across different asset classes and proposing our keep calm and carry on approach to navigate through the late stage of the US economic cycle. With me here today, I have Abilash Narayan, our Senior Investment Strategist, to share our views on bonds and the key opportunities we see in the asset class. So Abhilash, bonds are obviously a key part of our CALM framework. Can you share why we like high-quality government bonds?
0: Thank you, Steve. Uh, Great to be here. Yes, uh, as you rightly mentioned, the C in CALM framework stands for Capitalize on Market Opportunities, and we think that in the current market conditions, uh, it's a great opportunity for investors to add exposure to high-quality, investment-grade uh, government bonds. Now, in the second half of 2023, we expect two extreme narratives to be competing for investors' attention. So the first one is the no-landing scenario, in which uh, we avoid a U.S. recession and a scenario which argues you know, for chasing equities and risky bonds higher. Now, the second scenario is that we are on the cusp of a deep recession and that risky assets are not worth holding. Now, we believe that the best strategy sits somewhere in the middle, and that's where we believe high-quality bonds offer an attractive risk reward, irrespective of whether we have a recession or not. Now, our analysis of past recessions shows that developed market investment-grade government bonds tend to outperform equities and other bond asset classes in recessions as they benefit from capital appreciation when central banks cut interest rates. However, in a scenario that we avoid a recession, we think that investors can still lock in attractive yields on offer from government bonds and benefit from modest capital appreciation as the Fed will eventually cut rates uh, towards its long-term target.
1: Okay, so I understand that we like high-quality bonds, um, but why do we have an overweight allocation to government bonds in the investment-grade space and a neutral allocation to corporate bonds?
0: That's a great question, Steve. So let's start with the Fed. Now the Fed is guiding towards two more rate hikes, whereas the markets are pricing in maybe one more rate hike from here on. Given that 10-year bond yields tend to rise to a lower degree than the actual rate hikes we see, we think that the upside potential for yields from here on is actually quite limited, with 4% acting as the near-term peak. What this means is that the downside risk for investors could be limited going forward. However, if our expectations of a U.S. recession in 2024 materialize, it could mean that the Fed may need to start cutting rates sooner than expected. That would mean that 10-year U.S. government bond yields should fall towards 3 to 3.25% range by June of 2024, and that could lead to capital appreciation. And hence, we are overweight on developed market investment-grade government bonds. Now, if you think about developed market investment-grade corporate bonds, From a credit fundamental perspective, uh, they are quite robust, but we think that there is an increasing risk of rating downgrades, and the current valuations do look a bit expensive to us. So we view them as a fair opportunity, but not terribly compelling at the moment.
1: Okay, so before we move closer to home to Asia, let's stick with developed markets. I understand that you have an underweight allocation to developed market high yield corporate bonds. Uh, obviously, yields are extremely attractive in that space. So what's keeping you a little bit cautious on that, uh, that segment of the market?
0: Certainly, uh, the, the 9% yield on offer from, from the asset class is, is quite attractive. However, we are not tempted to upgrade our view just as yet for two key reasons. So firstly, if you think about the rise in interest rates we've seen over the past few few months, that has led to a a higher borrowing cost. And we think that that elevated borrowing cost is going to create challenges in terms of debt refinancing and interest interest payments for the high yield borrowers, and that should lead to a higher default rate. And secondly, uh, the deterioration in credit quality and the increase in rating downgrades could lead to a sharp increase in credit spreads, which are too low in our assessment anyways.
1: Okay, let's now talk about Asia. So data in China was obviously disappointed over the past few months, we saw obviously a very strong bounce in economic activity at the beginning of the year, only for that to wane. You're still bullish on Asia US dollar bonds, though, despite that being around 50% of the asset class. Can you give us a bit more colour as to what's driving the optimistic view?
0: Uh, Sure, Steve. Yes. So Asian dollar bonds are still a preferred area within the bond asset class for us. And as you alluded to, you know, Asian dollar bonds did deliver positive returns uh, in the first half of 2023, but they did underperform high yield bonds in in developed markets. And that was largely due to to the fact that Chinese growth momentum stalled in, in Q2. Now looking ahead, we think that Chinese policymakers will uh, you know push in more, more stimulus going forward and that along with structural growth in India should lead to a decline in credit spreads helping Asian dollar bonds to outperform in second half of 2023. Now if you take a closer look at the fundamentals, uh, the first thing that stands out is Asian dollar bonds comprise of around 85% investment grade rated bonds and they offer an aggregate credit quality of triple B+ which should be a defensive exposure in the event of a developed market-led recession. Secondly, if you look at volatility, Asian dollar bonds offer a much lower volatility compared to even developed market investment-grade government bonds and corporate bonds. And lastly, uh, from a valuation perspective, Asian dollar bonds are still attractive, especially when you compare the absolute yield as well as the credit spreads on offer compared to uh, not only developed markets, but also the local currency bonds.
1: Yeah, that 6.5% does look pretty uh, interesting, doesn't it? So let's look at the broader emerging market bond universe. So looking at government bonds, both in terms of U.S. dollar bonds and local currency um, denominated bonds, what's your view there?
0: Well, we are neutral on emerging market uh, uh, local currency government bonds. Now, in our view, uh, we think that the modestly weaker dollar expectation that we have on a 12-month horizon would be beneficial to emerging market uh, currencies. And as we all know, uh, EMFX is a large contributor of returns to emerging market local currency bonds. Additionally, we think that emerging market central uh, banks also have a bit more flexibility to ease monetary policies, given the fact that uh, domestic inflation in most of the countries is quite manageable. However, when we uh, put that versus the high volatility of the asset class, we think that a a neutral stance is is more warranted. Now, we have turned underweight on emerging market dollar-denominated government bonds, and that's largely due to the risk of recession in U.S. and developed markets that we just talked about. Now, if that recession materializes, that is likely to weigh on commodity prices and the goods and services export demand for emerging markets uh, as a whole. And that should lead to a decline in balance of payments and increase the external vulnerability of uh, emerging market you know, dollar-denominated government debt. Uh, and hence, we've downgraded that asset class as we see the risk of, of credit spreads moving higher in the next 12 months.
1: Okay, well, thanks, Abhilash, uh, for walking us through the uh, second half views in the bond market. Uh, Listeners, I hope you enjoyed the the podcast and please do not forget to rate, like and subscribe to the SC Money Insights channel. Uh, And Abalash and I wish you a fantastic rest of the week. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.